Welcome to Lights in the Sky podcast, episode 25. Casual chat about uncasual things. I'm Luke. I'm Tony. Welcome to the, I believe I I coined the phrase earlier on this evening, quarter cinch. (laughs) I was literally just referring referring to this podcast. (laughs) So seconds before I hit record. Earlier this evening, I coined the phrase in a sort of miraculous breakthrough moment of uh, ideas and imagination quarter cinch that's exactly why i turned on the thing because i was gonna question you on what do we call 25 quarter cinch quarter cinch oh knocking the microphone um you're fired i'm sorry <laughs> after the podcast man i lasted a quarter cinch of, an, of a series <laughs> you got in for like a minute you got lasted about a minute of the quarter cinch episode and now you're off I think, off the team i think we've done pretty well we've missed one week in our quarter cinch mm-hmm run the ascension to the quarter cinch so you couldn't call it a quarter cinch streak because we've only we Uh, haven't done it all in a row no but we've only missed one which is important so we've overtaken quite a few podcasts already i think we've left some in our dust should we name 25 podcasts that we've actually surpassed in 25 episodes go um working title podcast number three (laughs) i'm gonna move on (laughs) They only ever got off the ground. It was yeah, only, only a working see, title. You started you started a thing, and then I put it on you, and you regretted it instantly. That's how, that's how we do this. That's how you keep you under under uh, under control, is you put it back on you. Um, in this that's episode, why I'm the submissive bottom, is that what you're calling me? I don't know. The catcher. Yeah. <laughs> um, in this episode, we're going to do a hypothetical question. I'll pose one to you. Tony. I thought you were going to say you'll pose nude. <laughs> no, I'll pose you a question and then um, Tony can regale us with a tale from the paranormal realms um, and then we'll finish up with... Get this me was some actually s- not paranormal, it's about gardening. Okay. It's some tips for spring tips for your garden. Episode one, now that we're into spring in yep. our part of the world, we're going to assume everyone's into spring tips. That's right. So yeah, so we're skipping the paranormal this week. We're going to talk about uh, spring tips for the garden. So right. quite exciting. I if can't wait. I, I, I can. <laughs> um, and then we'll finish up with a segment we call Get Me Some Strange, which I hear is a fan favorite. Um, episode 25. Let's do it. Let's dive in. Okay. Should we dive in? Should I talk about that van I saw? What van? The van I just showed you. The van. Okay. You know the van on my phone. The van. Oh, if you like. Yeah. I saw a van today. <laughs> okay. You're going to have to do better than that. License plate. The vanity plate. UFO1. Yep. So if UFO1 van driver is listening. Um, hi. From Tony. <laughs> Uh, I liked I liked your van. And what it, what what was that? It driving home from work. The van was or you was, were. I was both of us were maybe. And um, driver, I must say, if you are listening, van driver UFO one, quite aggressive driving. Oh yeah, quite aggressive for a van. <laughs> you didn't flip the bird at him. No, I liked his license plate, but I sort of when I when I sort of saw him, he just looked like one of those sort of angry kind of people. So did you Instagram it yet or? Do you want me to? Um, I might outsource it to you. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Um, so send he had me a, the pick. So it was a van a, with a license plate. UFO one. He had an alien decal on the back. Nice. Um, Sounds like a, a good sort. Just trying to think. Do you think he thinks he is a ufologist? Yeah, possibly. Don't know. 
Maybe he doesn't know the criteria we put on ourselves of being a published person. I don't know person. what he's written. I was <laughs> exactly. trying to see if there were any books in the van. Couldn't see. He had those sort of like, you know, iron-on tints. Yeah. So I couldn't iron tell. Iron-on tints. And a weird alien head decal. But if you go on our Insta... Yeah. By the time you hear this, it should just about be on Instagram, mm. hopefully. And I might actually do it this time because plenty of times I say I'll put up links to stuff <laughs> and I'll Instagram things and then it's I just broken social media promises that you have. Let me write it in this book. What else is in that book? Notes. Is it just podcast notes? Or yeah, is it... yeah. This is my podcast note. Oh, book. a podcast journal. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a sticker on a it? dream journal. Do you have a sticker on it? No, not yet. Oh, you should do that. I was that. looking for a good sticker. We m- Where might I get a good sticker? Oh, um, if you actually write in a hypothetical and send to a podcast, I might send you out one. How do I do that? Uh, so you write it to Lights in the Sky podcast and you fax it to us <laughs> at uh, 0800 007 007. That's Wait, that was the what now fax number from God. childhood. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense okay. to everyone. Um, you might be able to explain Just, it better. Oh, God. Okay. L I T S underscore podcast. This has clearly fallen into admin tasks, which falls on me. <laughs> um, if you have a story, a question, um, or anything to contribute to the show, um, tell us where you are. That that could even be a thing. Yeah. So we now got the penny board. Hang on, stop jumping all over the place. Let me explain. I was jumping in. <laughs> That's why I was jumping all over the place because I was jumping in. Um, if you tweet us at l i t s underscore podcast with a question, just or... do you want to mention that you don't actually have to write underscore. It's actually using the underscore because I think a lot of our listeners have been trying to tweet us and they've been writing. You know, going to l i t s underscore writing underscore podcast haven't found us. That's not the reason no haven't, one tweets us. Haven't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I or go to lightsinthesky.podcast.com there's a submission form where you can submit your story you feel free to use that for um, just submitting questions as well um, are we taking sexy pictures and back to the stickers where we were we're not um, taking those anymore if you do send did anything did you shut those down God's sake. If you, yes okay. no 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 feel free to send, send us sexy pi- okay feel free to send us a sexy picture <laughs> Um, so he likes girls, I like boys. So there we go. <laughs> send in uh, stuff, and we'll send you physical stuff back. So um, we have <laughs> things. We have back. things to send you that bring your bring joy. digital your digital offerings into a physical world. Mm. So um, we'll send you stuff anywhere in the world. Just a little something to say thank you. So um, the idea behind telling us where you're from is because we have a big old world map in our studio where we mark off what country or state you listen from. And there's quite a smattering across the Americas. Mm-hmm. Um, some UK stuff, Ireland, um, some Pacific stuff as little, well. A little barren in Africa. There's, a, there's a, a little bit barren in Africa, but you're saying that's not a bad thing because where you put the pin, there's like a bit of wood behind there's Africa. There's a bit of wood behind it, yeah. <laughs> I, had, I had issues with the UK having to try and hammer it in there. So we're trying to phase out Africa as a listener base. So if you know anyone from Africa that listens, tell them to stop. Yeah, please. T- please. Or tell them to move. Yeah, actually. I, I, if I they move to the east coast of Africa... Then they're probably all right. They go to Madagascar. That's they fine. go to Madagascar. Yeah. Yeah. How hard is it? Um, anyone in India, uh, the Middle East, Russia, anywhere in there is fine, apart from extreme right, as <laughs> in East Russia. Yeah. Because there's another bit of wood there on the canvas. So yeah, anyone through Asia, hit us up. 
Please don't. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Shall we jump into a hypothetical then and keep this show on the road? Okay, let's do it. Let's not make it so that um, episode 25 is the last one anyone hears. And not because of a falling out between you and I. Squeak at you. Um, oh, I didn't write it in my diary. I don't have a pen. So that's where the diary falls over. If you I can see pens. The, how many pens do you think I've got there? It's like those lolly jars. You guess how many lollies are in there. <laughs> do I I'd win the be, jar? I'd say there'd be close to 30 pens in there. I won um, a lolly jar thing at a baby shower. Why were you at a baby shower? I was a mixed one. It was like a burgers and beers baby shower. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was good. It does was really sound, good. It does sound good. Yeah. Um, good way to do it. And I guess th- I didn't get exact, which kind of annoyed me, but I got the closest of anyone. How how much did you guess? Four lollies away. It was 84. Oh, right. I thought you guessed four lollies. And like, I probably could have got that right. I think it was 80, 80 lollies and I guessed 84. Well done. Thank you. Who was next closest? Uh, I don't know. Do you do you find like some of these people will, will see like a jar of lollies like that and they'll they'll go a thousand? You're like, there's no way there's a thousand in there. Yep, yep. I've heard um, really one of my workmates um, says that the best way to do it is to wait till you're at the end of the list and um, roughly average what people say, mm. which is an interesting thought. Average or mean? Uh, same. They're the same thing, right? Median. Median is the middle number. Yeah, median. No, average it. Okay. Or mean. Same thing. Okay, median. (laughs) If I know my maths, and I haven't since fifth form, that's mean. Mean. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Hypothetical. Let's do it. Right. So, it's discovered that there's an infinite amount of universes all like our own and an inter- infinite amount of Earths and an infinite amount of Tonys. When is this found out? It's discovered on line one. <laughs> so <laughs> line when, one of when, my when does this happen? Um, yesterday. Oh, okay. It's would you want to meet another Tony? How would I meet the other Tony? <laughs> Semantics. Um, there's a Stargate. SG one, yeah, and you just pick them up as if they got off a flight. So the other Tony comes out the Stargate. So how would I know the other Tony is coming to see me? Um, there's an agency where you can contact them and say, "Yeah, I'd like to meet," and they find one of the infinite Tonys that also likes to meet, and they pop out the Stargate at a pre-agreed time. You just go and pick them up as if the like they're coming from the airport. Um, wait at a baggage carousel. <sighs> <laughs> And, um, and you just, yeah, you pick him up, you hop into your Toyota Hilux and he may or may not have the same one. It's an infinite amount of Tonys. So you've just got one of them. Okay. Would you want to meet another one? So how different could these people be to me? Um, I mean, infinitely different. Let's say, let's say they found one as, as close as they can to you. Um, Okay. Let's say they found one that's exactly the same as you, but bought a different pair of chinos, and that's the only difference. I do like my chinos. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. He's paid slightly less off of his mortgage. Oh, okay, that's right. I thought he was paying slightly less for his chinos, and we're like, oh, damn, how'd he get a good deal on chinos? Yeah, he hates mortgages just as much as you. <laughs> Possibly more, because he sli- has slightly more of a mortgage. Okay. Because he hasn't paid off as much. Um, What would we talk about? That's my question to you. But... Yeah, 
that's a, I think that's a valid point. Like, I meet myself. I'm like, oh, do you remember that time we... Do you remember, do you remember, I've seen this great thing. That, oh, I saw it too. I'm like, oh. Is that the kind of thing that happens? Yeah. Yeah. Let's say it's the, it's an infinite amount of universes. So the only difference between you two and your timelines is that other Tony bought Marone Chinos and you bought... Oh, I wouldn't want to buy Marone Chinos. Yeah, exactly. But this one did. I'd criticize those. Okay. So there's your, there's your driving home chat. I think I'd get into a fight with me. <laughs> course you would of course you would yeah so you'd be like hey why do you have maroon chinos he'd be like why are you wearing green chinos i'm like because they're cool he's like well i like maroon i was like they're stupid they're the worst color so if someone said that to you how would you feel i would say to be honest i did used to have maroon chinos there you go (laughs) there you go but i got rid of them because i didn't like them so he would have that same logic right this is feeling really low energy with all these thoughtful pauses but (laughs) really going for it yeah but i can see that you're really thinking this through i have pink chinos do you really yeah that's a revelation really i quite like them okay maybe this other one this other tony is exactly the same but just never bought the pink ones oh be like try these on (laughs) there you go (laughs) and you could bond over them yeah so maybe you'd really get along um what if you you could you could be like i wonder what these look like on me try it on i think that would be the best thing you go shopping i hate trying on clothes shopping i'm like oh can you try this on for me and i'll be like "Mm, i look fat (laughs) (laughs) not buying them all right how long do you reckon you could stand them the chinos the person the other tony (laughs) um probably a day and not the tony from flick takes raid which is a really good podcast people should listen to yeah that's the show's number one tony yeah so then number we've got a number Tony. two Tony, and then we're talking about the number three Tony. Which is my Maroon Chino friend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or are I, you the number three Tony? I'd probably do, oh, I could probably last, oh, a day would probably be too much, I think. A day is too much to get to know someone. Oh, I'd probably strangle them. <laughs> oh my God. You don't have the right to do that. It's me. But it's you're su- him. Is, is it not suicide? How do you know that? It, well, here we go. Here we go. That's where we're going. So if I killed my self, yeah. but it's my parallel universe copy, is it murder or suicide? Here's the other thing. If they killed you, like surely they've got the same motivations. So you could be the one that dies. And then what happens? Is that murder or suicide? Who cares? You're dead. Well, does that mean that Marone Pants Tony comes on the podcast? Does he take my place? Yep. I'd be friends with him. <laughs> but have you seen his pants? <laughs> My God, man, they're yeah, our own. I, I couldn't stand those pink chinos you have. You've never seen them. <laughs> they could be quite delightful. You do not know. Okay, next thing then. Let's assume you do get along. If you went swimming and you did that awkward getting changed in the same place thing, would you feel bad looking at the other Tony's goods? Would I feel bad looking at it? I would feel a bit bad about it, yeah. If you, like, accidentally checked out their downstairs area, even though it's technically your downstairs area and they're identical. I can tell you I would look, (laughs) but I would feel bad about it. And I'd catch me looking at me and, like, yeah, I know what you're up to. And they would... You want to see what it looks like from the other side. Yeah. They um, They would do the same thing then. If, the, if you're the same Tony with only the Chino's yeah, color totally. difference. So it could be like a simultaneous thing. And then what? Are you saying, does it lead to 
something naughty no, happening. No, you're saying that. And if it did lead to something, is that wrong? I don't know if it's wrong. It's like masturbation, surely. <laughs> it's the same as the murder versus suicide yeah. question. Is it loving? <laughs> or is it self-loving? If you did, yeah, so if you did that, and, you know, would it be cheating? There you go. Am I cheating if I was to have invite my parallel universe <laughs> self over, sleep with myself? <laughs> is it cheating? I just, it was myself, like. That's a really good question. What do you Are think? you going to answer it? What do you think it is? Uh, hypotheticals never come oh. back on me. That's the rules about the hypotheticals. I'm just saying, no, it's not cheating. Okay. Because it's myself. Okay. Would there be laws against doing that? Is it kind of like incest? I guess so. Well, no, because you can't get yourself pregnant. Unless well, there was a parallel. Two men can't get themselves pregnant either. That's exactly what I'm saying. So anyone who met themselves couldn't get the other so one pregnant. So you're saying that incest, is, that incest effectively is okay as long as you can't get someone pregnant? No, I'm not saying that at all. Uh, sounded like you were. What I'm saying, though, is that there's the rules against incest, aren't they more around procreation? Around, like, I just thought killing it was, down the gene pool? You weren't allowed to put it in your, you know... Yeah, but where, they origi- where those laws originate from, is that because of birth defects? Or is that just a religious thing? Or a law thing? Is there actually a law against incest, or is it just you can't marry your mother? We've gone all Freudian. I think, because I think I've seen those docos around, like, people who, like, because there's that, like, weird um, condition where, like, like maybe the children or, the, or, the, or, like, the mother and the child or the brothers who get separated at birth, mm. and then they meet each other later in life and fall in love with each other, and then yeah. probably find out later that, actually, hold on, we're related. Those people are real weird, though, eh? Yeah. No, not amount of, no amount of laws is going to stop them doing for They're not sleeping they're with themselves, though. <laughs> Yeah, there's, I mean, the, there's the similar thing of, like, um, two people meet up and um, both were adopted and it's a boy and a girl. They love each other very much and get along straight away and all that and then find out they're brother and sister. I mean, that's another horrific example of that same thing. Did that happen to you or was it someone else I'm thinking of? It's definitely someone else. <laughs> okay, I thought it might have been you. I'm not playing these games <laughs> with you. <laughs> um, I can't remember what we're talking about. Pants cutter, I believe. Um, yeah, so would you... Do you would think I buy you'd a get pair along? of maroon chinos? Not again. <laughs> <laughs> do you think you'd get along? What would you get up to with this um, person who's exactly like you? Um, I would probably do yeah. things I like, which or conveniently they would also like. Okay. Right. But do you... Are there things you like doing... <laughs> this is going to sound really wrong. Is there things you like doing because you're doing them by yourself? As um, in like that introverted, like just want to be alone and do this. Showering? <laughs> I knew you were going to say something around cooking or clean no sorry cleaning in yeah general. Well, cleaning cleaning definitely you love- that was the first thing that came to my head was actually cleaning yeah. i thought yeah you'll know i'm going to say this yeah the thing that i thought of was um straight away you guys trying to both hang out washing on the same washing oh line. my god <laughs> this is exactly what i was thinking that- like getting in each other's way yeah. both reach for the same thing every time got a very specific order you hang things in or something yes i i did have to bite my tongue the other day because um i did get some assistance hanging out my washing mm-hmm 
and the socks weren't paired up together as they should be the underwear wasn't all hang on the right hand side and the socks went all on the left hand side the pants weren't stretched out fully so there would be no creases in them the uh, exercise shirts weren't on plastic coat hangers and the business shirts weren't on wooden coat hangers this is definitely where we differ because so i was like oh yeah that's great thank you very much and then later on, i went back and changed it all back to how i wanted it i sometimes on a friday knowing that we're coming to do the podcast and i often kick my shoes off we'll go hunting for a pair of socks because <laughs> every other day of the week half the time it's just i don't care odd socks what's the difference as they say on other podcasts fast and loose just get mm. into it and the other thing i've got is i've bought like 60 pairs of white tube socks oh my god so that they're always a pair <laughs> but it's just genius but like oh my god just doesn't matter it does look look at these socks here like they're quite clearly well, that's the thing i haven't looked at your socks since i got here so why does that matter uh, i haven't looked at your socks oh no but Turning normally you would because i'd have my shoes off that's right but i haven't today um because but i'm wearing mickey mouse be socks and they are a pair oh so they're not tube socks no safer than a tube sock <laughs> all right do you want to jump into um your story now that we've figured out that you're a neat freak into self-harm and self gratification gratification <laughs> and self on self and i'm kind of don't care about how my washing gets dry how it's folded or paired up and just couldn't care less i can't i, I mean i do actually envy that because the like mm. everything i do even when i was like, ironing these pants last night there's a precise order i follow with every single step every oh. time i iron a pair of these pants see here's the difference you iron your pants <laughs> <laughs> i just don't it's like this is like left front back right front back then at the front of the ironing board the top the bottom then fold the cuff up on the chino iron that so it's a perfectly folded over cuff at the bottom there oh i'm done. so bored i'm so <laughs> bored of that even just describing it oh, i get such satisfaction from it <laughs> love it no nah, fast and loose let's do it i'm All surprised right. anybody can stand to be with me to be honest <laughs> <laughs> um okay i think when i, when I hear myself say this stuff i'm like shit <laughs> kind of weird like, this is actually quite like, well, to be fair to you, I think I'm like almost weird the other way. Like, there's there's a happy medium somewhere between you and I. <laughs> Maybe we're like the polar opposites of each other, where I'm just like, I'll chuck all my washing in when I run out of clothes, and <laughs> and it's not always a Sunday, <laughs> and if I hang them out, and half the time I find out like my socks are still turned in or something like that <laughs> so you're sweating you're sweating with <laughs> this me. is really working me up <laughs> don't my socks never come out too because they're always turned in the correct way and yeah. everything is yeah so you'd never find a sock still like balled up absolutely never <laughs> yeah see i do and i'm like meh hang it out wear it <laughs> sometimes if you leave you run too late you wear moist socks the next morning oh. but that's rare i mean to be fair to me <laughs> get into it okay <clears throat> we've spent 23 minutes talking about washing and just washing and ironing and drying and <laughs> yeah yeah all right we should maybe start up a laundromat podcast no 
Okay. You'd be the only one. At least at least in this podcast, we've got two listeners, me and you. Yeah. <laughs> no, we've got a map of all the other countries that people are from. There's so like eight pins on it. We've got yeah. plenty. There's way more than eight. There's loads. Yeah, a couple of them, though, me and other side overseas countries. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. This still doesn't count for... I mean, still no Africa, but that's a good thing. Due to the wood placement. <laughs> yeah. Okay, jump into okay. your story. What have you got to regale us? Well, what um, category or... I've decided to do, to end my series um, of UFOs and aviation. Oh, so we're back into UFOs again. On a story that ties together um, my um, previous, previous UFO story. Previous, previous. So we're back to Chicago. Correct. Chicago O'Hare incident yep. of 2006. Yes. So this is 2007 we're jumping into now. Okay. So it, this happened in the UK. So, but it, it ties in at the end around how different uh, the Brits and the Americans treat um, unexplained aerial phenomenon. Very good. I like the angle you're going with. Thank here. you very much. Okay. Also, thanks to our UK listeners, I can see there's um, a couple up. Please no more there. though, because there's the, the there's the wooden bit in the middle of the UK, and I had to hammer <laughs> that in there, and I think I damaged the wall behind it. The, uh, I'm too afraid to move the map because I think it cracked the wall. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. You'll be spending a couple of grand on kitting the studio out with um, soundproofing soon. That's anyway. right. Egg cartons. Yeah. Too bad I don't eat eggs. <laughs> Go. One of the most highly regarded UFO sightings in recent history was witnessed by the pilots and passengers of two separate aircraft above the Channel Islands in the English Channel, funnily enough, on April 23, 2007. That afternoon, Captain Ray Bauer was flying a routine passenger flight for Orangi Air Services when he and his passengers gained progressively clearer views of two UFOs during a 12 to 15 minute period. Bauer had 18 years of flying experience, and the 45-minute flight was one that he had completed every working day for more than eight years. That sounds really boring. Yeah, it's really not a long <laughs> flight to do for eight years straight. <laughs> I mean, plenty of take-off and landing experience. <laughs> <laughs> it was a UFO. <laughs> like that. I imagine that's right. It's basically his career. Yep. Did you say career? No, I said Korea, Same but like Korea. Well, it would have been fine unless you pointed it out. <laughs> Their 130 kilometer, quickly translated to 80 mile journey, took them from Southampton on the southern coast of England, southwest to Alderney, which is only 16 kilometers. 10 miles. Correct. Damn. <laughs> I'm good with the maths and the, and the search engine <laughs> from the French mainland. And is the northernmost of the Channel Islands. Damn you. Their particular flight path had them converging on two enormous, seemingly stationary and identical airborne craft, which emanated brilliant yellow, yellow light. light. This 23 April observation was preceded 10 weeks earlier by a sighting of an additional two and a subsequent 20 to 25 unexplained lights in formation over the northern extremity of Alderney's coastline. 25 lights at once. Mm -hmm. Whoa. The passengers and crew of flight A-Line 544 departed in an 18-seat Trilander aircraft. And it's called a Trilander because it doesn't just have a propeller under each wing. It has one in the tail as well. And three islands underneath. Yeah, Trilander. Trilander. At about 2pm in fine weather with good visibility. They rose to an altitude of 4,000 feet and were cruising on autopilot about 16 kilometres south of the Isle of Wight. Captain Bao was doing paperwork, it's just fun to say like that, was doing paperwork and looking out for other aircraft. 
At this point, he noticed exactly in the direction of Guernsey, southwest and in his 12 o'clock position dead ahead, what appeared to be a bright, brilliant yellow light. Mm -hmm. So at first he estimated the size of the object to be as large as a Boeing 737 passenger aircraft, and estimated the object to be at about 2,000 feet. So it would be 2,000 feet below him if he was at 4,000 feet. Bit of math there, that's for free. (laughs) He considered that it might be an aeroplane, or alternatively, reflections from the ground, as Guernsey was immediately behind the object. The reflection of the sun off a greenhouse was a possibility. Unlikely possibility. But Mm. surprisingly, for a minute, and then a couple of minutes more, the apparition continued. Mm. So, Captain Bauer quickly concluded that it was not a reflection, or a greenhouse, or an emission of light. With his binoculars, he could make out a definite shape. I think in England they call them binoculars. Binoculars. <laughs> the object <laughs> at least was, that's what they do in Guy Ritchie movies. <laughs> the object was pointed at each end. It was brilliant yellow, with a dark grey band enveloping it from one third from the right, like a band around a cigar. Mm-hmm. With his ten times magnification binocular, he could make out that it bore no relation to a normal aeroplane. He took his glasses off to exclude the possibility of reflection from behind. Strange. His reaction was to make contact with Jersey Air Traffic Control to confirm or exclude the possibility of traffic heading his way. Jersey or Guernsey? This is Jersey. Okay, so there was a Guernsey earlier. Yeah, so Channel (laughs) Islands, there's a Jersey and there's a Guernsey. Okay. Yeah. Jersey. Play on. Paul Kelly from Paul Kelly Motor Company. (laughs) (laughs) And we we inside joke there. (laughs) And Jersey Air Traffic Control denied the presence of traffic and tried to sell them a new Corolla. Uh, for those that don't know, it's a car yard in Christchurch. Yeah, hilarious, eh? Yeah, so funny. <laughs> However, for everyone who doesn't know that. <laughs> However, after Bauer asked him to check again a few minutes later, he was able to pick up a faint primary return from two objects to the south beyond the island of Alderney. When they say primary return, is it a blip on a radar or what? Pretty much, yeah. So primary return, so if you had a, say it's an aircraft flying, an aircraft has a thing called a transponder. Mm-hmm. And the transporter sub- um, transmits the aircraft call sign, the type of aircraft, the altitude, and the speed. So effectively, it's like an identifying name badge for the plane. A primary return, oh, yeah. though, I was saying, there's something out there, but it's got no, there's no transponder oh, yeah. broadcasting, so I yep. don't know what it could be. Mm-hmm. It's just something on the radar in the air. Roger that. Seeing the object get larger as he flew closer, Captain Bauer felt relieved that with this information that the object was further beyond his flight path, as Alderney was his final destination. Bauer was not enthusiastic about flying close to these unknown objects with a cabin full of passengers. As they approached Alderney, the objects were visible to the naked eye. The Trilander aircraft does not have a separate cabin for the pilots, so I mean, the people sit right behind the oh, captain yeah. look Almost out the front window. like a curtain or something, maybe. Yeah, sometimes a curtain, sometimes nothing. He just has it wide open. All right. So Bauer could hear passengers inquiring about what the objects were. He decided not to address their concerns in fear of frightening them. At this distance, he could now see the dark band on the objects was actually an area of sparkling blue and greens. Interesting. A passenger behind the captain, though, confirmed what he was seeing and pointed out the presence of a similar craft immediately behind the first. 
Now, should we do accents or not do accents oh, for God. the goats? What do you want to do? I don't want accents. What are the people? Unfortunately, want? I've seen one tweet who said do accents. Okay. Is it the sort of thing we could? Oh. Is there more than one person in this role? Well, play? I was looking at that. Um, no, I haven't. I haven't got. All right, play on. So, Accent it. It's quite a lot of it. I'm going to hold up a. I'm going to hold up my notebook when I want you to stop the accent. Okay. You can go in and out. All right, here we go. Upon nearing the object, a second identical ship appeared beyond the that's first. Ra- that's racist. Captain choose a, choose a different reported. accent. Okay. Choose a different accent. Start again. Why, why, why is it racist? Because <laughs> I like putting you on your heels. Yeah. Both objects were of a flattened disc shape. That's the same accent. With a dark area to the right. Racist. They were brilliant yellow with light emanating from within. I estimated them to be up to possibly a mile across. Sorry, say that again? I estimated them to be up to possibly a mile across. Okay, good. So, um, these are big-ass flying bastards, for sure. Yep. So, imagine, like, a long cigar-shaped object and uh, kind of a mile across. Right. Mm-hmm. Got okay. it? Okay, yep. I'm with you. Uh, Jersey Air Traffic Control was now able to get information from the pilot of Blue Island Air, Captain Patrick Patterson, who was at 40 kilometres to the south near the island of Sark and had visual contact with one object. The pilot of the plane confirmed the presence, general position, and altitude of the first object from the opposite direction. Captain Patterson was flying from the Isle of Man into Jersey. He had heard, Sexist. He had, he had heard the tower report that they had a radar hit on an unknown target, so he took a look to see if he could see something for himself. In a report in the UK Aviation Files, it stated that Patterson reported seeing a cigar-shaped yellow craft. He estimated it at 2,000 feet of altitude. However, because of the haze from the clouds around, he was only able to see the object for about a minute. So we've got someone who's... So you got old Bauer flying from north to south. Yep. And this guy, Paddy Patterson... Flying from south to north, yep. seeing the same thing yeah. in the skis. And you say only saw it for a minute, like it's a short amount of time, but that's a long it time. It is a long time, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you're seeing something that's a mile wide and shouldn't be in the sky and it's glowing yellow. Should we do a minute silence and everyone okay. can just pretend? What are you, why are you holding your breath? You've ruined it. Carry on. <sighs> Carry on with the story. <laughs> Radar traces now also seem to register the presence of an object, which pilot Ray Bauer believed to be correlated with the position and time of the sighting. A scientific study conducted post the event could not establish a definite link, as the radar reflections of passenger ferries may have affected at least some of the readings. A very unscientific study, completed somewhat after the scientific study, proved inconclusive. Go on. <laughs> you, could, you could barely imagine, you could barely notice my really long yawn. Really long yawn. I was like, man, you're obviously hating the story. <laughs> I don't know why I yawned. It was really rude. It's Friday. Get off my back. All right. I'm not on your back. I'm sitting over here. You can see me. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> According to Captain Bauer, this was a big object in the sky. <laughs> a very, very big object. Is it the same guy as before? Yeah. Racist. I did not want to be too close to it, and it was at that time that we had to descend to land. 
We descended. Is he the Scottish two- or Indian? He's yeah, yeah, Scottish and Indian. He's <laughs> half, half, and half. We descended through the two thousand foot haze layer and lost sight of it. On Guernsey, he related. Damn, that's what the thing is. Really sorry, close to sorry, Irish sorry, as well. Sorry. On Guernsey, he related. There was no hide in it. They were just there. There was no what? There's no hide in it. What? <laughs> he's, he's speak- you need to be... I understand you can he's, speak with an accent. Yeah, but, but you he's need to speaking. Be able to, Those are his words. <laughs> you need to be able to understand yeah. what you're there saying. There was no hide in it. <laughs> there was no haddock. Hiding it. Haddock. Hiding it. There was no hiding it. They were just there. I wasn't They were just there. I I'm, going to trans- I'm going to translate it every time you I talk wasn't that. too happy. I wasn't too happy. I was quite glad to get on the ground and have was, a cup of tea. I was quite glad to get on the ground. And have a cup of tea. <laughs> quite glad. I was quite glad to get on the ground and have a cup of tea. Right. Play on. <laughs> okay. If it was designed by an engineer, that man had to be shaken by the hand because it was a fantastic piece of equipment. Something, something mountaineer. <laughs> what? If that is what it is. If it's designed... I can't really say much <laughs> further than to say what I've said all along. That this thing was not from around here. So, once on the ground, Bauer asked his passengers what they had seen. And they confirmed seeing the same objects he saw. One of the passengers, John Russell, had seen the object along with his wife, Kate Russell. Later, they told the press, I saw an orange light. It was like an elongated oval... I saw an orange light. Bauer reported his sighting as required and took a break before his next flight where he indulged in a cup of tea. He was a little worried that the objects were still up there. However, once he broke the haze on his next flight, the objects were gone. Interesting. Okay, so let's uh, probe a little bit deeper here. So, um, BBC Radio Guernsey reported that two visitors to Sark inquired at their hotel as to what two bright yellow lights in the sky might be. Good the plug. objects were observed during an afternoon walk on the 23rd of April, just the same day as the sighting, in the direction of Alderney, which is where the plane was flying. Same place they were, yeah. Jersey Airport Radar Control saved a radar recording of the incident, which was submitted to the UK Civil Aviation Authority. These show traces of two objects with slow north and southward movements for a period of about 55 minutes. They were recorded on Jersey Airport's primary low-level radar, but not on the secondary radar used for air traffic control, which was screening out stationary objects. Okay, so the Alderney UFO sighting, unlike most modern UFO reports, and particularly those involving aviation witnesses, hint, hint, Chicago, hint, hint, attracted a great deal of media attention, largely because Captain Bauer was so willing to talk to the press and had the support of his airline to be open and honest about the events of that day. Yeah, that's interesting, the way that's handled. Yeah. Captain Ray Bauer was invited to address the US National Press Club, and spoke before them on November 12, 2007. He highlighted some events from the sighting. So, um, should we do this in voice, in voice, <laughs> in voice accent, in the voice or not? Um, my thing is that I wonder if people understand it. Yeah. Because <laughs> a New Zealand accent is probably foreign to 90% of our listeners. Right, so probably should do the accent? Is that what you're yeah, saying? Okay. Yeah, okay. I'll no. dial it back a wee bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what, is that dial it towards Indian or Scottish? More Indian. <laughs> this encounter lasted for 15 minutes and was the first object being visible from 55 miles difference. Is that racist? Yeah. Okay. 
This is the first time you've said it's Indian and you've put on a voice. No, that was Scottish. <laughs> it's not Scottish. It's not racist because it's Scottish. Okay, do you want me to do Scottish then? No, I want you to read it. Okay. So Captain Raybauer said, <laughs> you, "You're confused as to which accent you're gonna. It's gonna exit your mouth." Uh, yeah, I don't know yet. <laughs> I'm gonna dial it back. I'm gonna do a, do a different voice than the ton, but do one. <laughs> meaning you. Meaning me. Okay. <laughs> the ton. This encounter lasted for 15 minutes, and the first object being visible from 55 miles distance. On nearing the object, a second identical shape appeared beyond the first. Thanks, Peter Williams. Both objects were of a flattened disc shape, with a dark area to their right. They were brilliant yellow, and with light emanating from within, and I estimated them to be up to possibly a mile across. I found myself astounded but curious, and at 12 miles distance, these objects were becoming uncomfortably large, and I was glad to descend and land the aircraft. Many of my passengers saw the objects, as did the pilots of another aircraft 25 miles further to the south. During the address, Captain Bao also highlighted the supposed secrecy and suppression of pilots' UFO sightings reports in the United States and made reference to another aviation-related UFO sighting, which we have previously discussed. Um, So if you haven't listened to the episode, go back and listen to the Chicago UFO episode before continuing. Uh, Let me just get a um, title for that episode. It was... um, (laughs) That's great you have to say this. Not our best work. No. Um, It was called Extraordinary Gaping Hole. Yes. (laughs) Extraordinary Gaping Hole. And if you listen to the epi, you'll find out why. Uh, Episode 21. You can see that on lightsinthesskypodcast.com, on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play. Wonderful. So what's happening here is Captain Bauer is talking to the US National Press Club and saying, I can be open and honest about my sighting I had in the UK, but the sighting that happened in Chicago a year earlier, in 2006, was covered and hushed up. Um, And he's just now, he's just making some references to the differences between the two. Let's rejoin the conversation. You went there in your mind as you explained it, I could tell. I've taken note of some of the differences between the British and the US reporting systems. It appears that attitudes on opposite sides of the Atlantic are very different when it comes to the required reporting and recording of this type of event. Is this the Indian guy from before? stipulates quite clearly that I'm talking in an Indian accent, (laughs) that if an operating crew of an aircraft see another aircraft at a place that it shouldn't be, then at the earliest opportunity the whole scenario is to be reported to the relevant authorities. In my case, the British Civil Aviation Authority knew within 20 minutes of the sighting what had been described in my flight log, and I faxed it, shout out to faxes, directly (laughs) to the relevant CAA office. The military was informed by Jersey Air Traffic Control at the same time. This is not an option. This is an obligation that crews react in this manner. In my experience, having recorded the experiences as required, has had no negative effect, and there was no problem with me talking about this on British tally. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. He's a really multicultural person. (laughs) Indeed, my company, Orangi Air Services, have offered every support to date. From muffin baskets to massages. He doesn't say that. It does. It does not. The assistance of Jersey Air Traffic Control in releasing recorded information between myself and the investigating team has been of great benefit. I did not feel that I was in any danger of being ridiculed, because all I did was to report what actually happened, as was my sworn duty as operating air crew. So honourable. Sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. 
What sort of muffins? Uh, they were banana and, mm. um, yeah, just banana, actually. Oh, okay. I, was, I thought there'd be something else, but they're just banana. It's a bit boring. <laughs> no, that's not bad. Really? Just banana? It's worse. I mean, you could have been given bran. Ooh. Bran muffins. Ooh. You don't want to dabble in that. I don't want to dabble in that. No. Play on. I say pl- I'm say i saying play, play on, on a lot. Because, yeah, play on. <laughs> mm. I heard about the multiple witnesses sighting at Chicago O'Hare Airport about a, a, a year ago now. <laughs> on November the 7th, 2006, I was surprised to hear how it was handled, despite many pilots and many airport personnel witnessing the object hovering over the terminal. There was no investigation at all by the Federal Aviation Administration. It appears as if pressure may have been applied to crew members by their company not to discuss this incident. I would have been shocked. Shocked. If I was told told that the Civil Aviation Authority in the UK would obstruct any investigation, or if the Civil Aviation Authority told me that that what I had seen was something entirely different. But it seems as if pilots in America are used to this sort of thing. He said... (laughs) (laughs) Um, soon after the incident at Alderney Nick Pope who once worked for the British Ministry of Defence UFO desk had this to say and if you're a bit of a UFO buff like me you'll know Nick Pope I'm looking at you blankly yep thanks um while no witnesses are infallible, oh pilots are trained, observers... No, I've done this actually before and it's so not no Pope. <laughs> so um, I might try and speak a bit more normal this time. While no witnesses are infallible, pilots are trained observers and less likely than most people to misidentify something mundane. The Ministry of Defence UFO case files contain several reports from civil and military pilots, some of which are con- correlated, as it concerned, were correlated by radar. This is the sort of <laughs> this is the mess. sort of sighting that is taken seriously and should be investigated thoroughly. While most UFOs can be explained as misidentifications of aircraft, weather balloons, satellites, and such like, a small percentage are more difficult to explain. This is one of the most intriguing sightings I've heard about in recent years. The sheer size and flying characteristics of the craft Captain Bauer reported indicates objects that would not have been possible to manufacture or fly with current earthborne technology. That we know of. That we know of. There is no way to power craft that size or keep them in the air with aviation technology presently available on this planet. That we know of. That we know of. It is clear that whatever Ray Bao saw that day in the skies of the English Channel, it was well beyond the capabilities of known modern aeronautical engineering. That we know of. Finn. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I'm kind of exhausted after that. Yeah, so am I. <laughs> Sorry, our listeners, I bet. Ooh. No, that was good. Um, yeah, interesting comparison between um, US pilots and English pilots. Mm. Um, thoughts as to why that might be why do the Americans act so differently around it um, I I just I just don't know I think there's probably been like if you think of the widespread history of UFO sightings in America it's probably been something that's had far more publicity mm-hmm. and over the years people who made claims the easiest way for the American authorities to shut it down was just to ridicule people yeah. whereas you think about like the English but authorities why, where, why are they wanting to shut it down in your opinion I think that um, they don't want people talking about it. Why? 
because it challenges the probably the um, accepted social theory norms. of social, yeah. social norms. Yeah. yeah, I think you think back here to an event that we'd like to cover at one point um, was the Kaikoura light sighting, and that involved aviation, and that was very widely t- spoken about in New Zealand and reported, mm. and footage was all shown around the world. Yeah, you'd never see it, something like that in the US, I can imagine. Whereas mm. in the, the the UK, again, it's probably something like this is simply saying, hey, something happened. We don't know what it was. We're not saying it's an alien spacecraft. We're just saying that something was up there that we don't know about. Mm. Um, so it's newsworthy. To me, what it what it screams is that it um, lends itself, and it might be me um, uh, projecting, but it lends itself to the idea of um, uh, Earthborn technology, and it's American technology. They want it covered up, and yeah. people not and to I, know I, about I it. I agree with. I think there's a real element that there are black projects that yeah. um, the easiest and the easiest way to ridicule them is, is to make them sound absurd, like alien flying craft, and that just makes people sound stupid. But also, if your technology got out there, you'd want it covered up, right? Like, so that... Um, I think that in a way that they, they can fly the technology in such a way where they know that people aren't going to talk about it. Yeah. So they can have it quite broadly in public because they know that people aren't going to talk about it because of fear of ridicule mm. in the US yeah, because right. of the history of... Uh, if you think that mass hysteria... Uh, Flood, uh, flying uh, saucer sightings in the US over time, and all the military investigations that close it down to nothing, mm. and eventually to the whole point of public ridicule of anyone who says anything. Yeah. People don't speak up now because they're afraid of ridicule, where I don't think that would be as prevalent. I mean, it would still be an element in, 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 in places like New Zealand and in mm. the UK and that, but I think if you compare it to this, like this with the, like the story from Australia I did a couple of weeks ago, um, yeah. and that was the Westall West West incident. incident. Yep. Um, the there's actually people who are the people who are speaking up are actually professionals and mm. you know respected professionals who are less likely to be ridiculed because of their career paths they have and yeah. the, you know, the they're, le- they're less uh, going to be labelled as someone who wears a tinfoil hat yeah they're not kooky crazy people and yeah. there's often multiple people in this case is is two experienced airline pilots who yeah. saw this thing. Yeah. Um, and then, and, and it was backed up by, and I think also what helps when you when you back it up by the fact the authorities are releasing things like the radar tapes, showing that there is actually you know something was recorded there, and there's witnesses on the ground who saw something similar, and people on board the aircraft. Mm-hmm. It, it's sort of it's, it's clearly not a standalone kooky person. There's multiple witnesses which support the sighting, and also by professional pilots. So um, are there places you can hear the you can hear the radio broadcast, or are you talking it's more image based? Like no, you can, you can hear if you go online. You can hear the air traffic control transmissions, and you and um, they did obviously record the um, the primary returns on radar. They are there's evidence of those. So there was definitely something there. Mm. They're saying a passenger car ferry in the channel. Well, it could be, but yeah, it's still something unknown was in that area. Interesting, and it's backed up by some evidence. So if I can track them down, um, I might put them on the end of the episode just after the music. But cool. if I can't, then I won't. And if <laughs> no promises, most most of the time, if I don't, it's due to copyright or something weird like that. But um, yeah, we'll see. Squeaky chair. <laughs> Trust me, it was a chair. Uh, cool. Strange, strange. Anything else to add? Shall strange. we? I oh, am yeah. strange. Let's hit the final segment can of I, the show. Can I press the "Give Me Some Strange Theme Music" button? Um. Oh, I've already done it. Oh, I'll stop it. Hang on. Now you go. Clerk. <laughs> there we go. That's better. Oh, um, for the un- uninitiated. Stretch it. It's a bit more comfortable yeah. for this one. <laughs> for the un- uninitiated. For the uninitiated, welcome. For straight off the bat, 
Um, this is the final segment of the show called Get Me Some Strange, where one of us will pick up the 1982 Reader's Digest version of Mysteries of the Unexplained, flick to a random page, and read out one of said Mysteries of Unexplained. Um, in this episode, I'll be flicking through the pages, Tony will say stop, and we'll stop on a random story, and I'll go ahead and read it out. So I am flicking now. All right, and this is the seat. This is the part of the segment where I um, I pad while I try to figure out which section I'm in. That's right. Oh, it's looking like you're turning pages with words on them and some pictures. <laughs> is that good padding? It's padding. <laughs> I think we've landed in this one a fair bit previously. It is called Return to an Old Five. And you seem to you seem to quite often say stop in the same place. This one is called Strange Things from Above. Oh, I have nailed this one a few times. So in the past, in the past, this has been um, this has been usually fish falling from the sky. <laughs> Hopefully, it's not again fish, even the flies. Okay, flies so the skies. Again, there's quite um, quite a few of these, so I'll probably do let's say four this week because there's some small paragraphs. Okay, there's four uh, titty bits. We're running. <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> T- tidbits. <laughs> That's better. Um, we're running long again, so I'm going to slap these four upside your head and then okay. we'll get out of here. I reckon to cut time down, go to the 20 minute mark and just skip to the 30 minute mark <laughs> if you're listening to this in reverse order. Pennies and half pennies fell around children leaving school in Hannam, a suburb of Bristol, England, one day in 1956. The end of the end of okay, that one. That's good. Good one. So this is what this is this is what happens with Get Me Some Strange. Some of them are hit, some of them are miss. Often they're miss, we're yeah. finding. Well you'd want them to miss if you've got pennies falling in the sky, they could hurt. Ouch. Thousands in bold and quotation marks. Thousands. Okay. Thus ends the quote. Of one thousand franc notes rained down on Bourges, France in nineteen fifty seven. No one claimed the notes or reported any loss. The end. See, that would be better if you had a note fall on your head than a penny. A light crossed the night skies over the Irish county of West Meath in February 1958 and was seen to land in a field. A number of people rushed to the landing site where they found only a mass of gelatinous material. Ugh. That's the end of the third. Like a sticky comet. And the fourth and final um, installment of Get Me Some Strange... On a November afternoon in 1958, rain fell for two and a half hours onto a 10-foot square area in the home of area of the home of Mrs. R. Babington in Alexandria, Louisiana. The sky was quite clear at the time, and neither the local weather bureau nor the nearby England Air Force Base could offer any explanation of the phenomenon. The end. And that has been another episode of lights in the sky podcast our 25th almost in a row join us next week for episode 26 oh i might just come along (laughs) um that'll do us we will catch you next week toodaloo